The Indianapolis Colts are firmly placed in the crosshairs of the NFL's ongoing running back conversation. And the very reason they're having trouble giving a new contract to Jonathan Taylor is exactly the reason they might have to give a new contract to Jonathan Taylor. We got that and much more coming up for you on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's going on, football fans? And welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast, bringing you all the biggest stories from around the National Football League in right around 30 minutes here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. Thanks so much to all you everydayers out there making Locked On NFL or any of our local Locked On shows your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode. And it is Tuesday. This week, you got myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter, and David Harrison at DHarrison82 on Twitter or X, whatever it is nowadays. Doesn't matter. On social media, you can find us there. Your local NFL experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again, as always, making us your first listen of the day every day. We are here now to break down some of the biggest stories around the league. We're going to go through our yike and like, including a DeMar Hamlin special. Great to see him back out on the field. I'm going to tell you why Sean Payton is right. Also, we'll get to that. We're also going to take a look at a couple of offenses that might surprise in the 2023 season. But first, David and I here to walk you through the Colts who might be in some running back trouble. And David, this gets really complicated because this is an Indianapolis Colts team that's already firmly implanted in this conversation because of the ongoing Jonathan Taylor situation. But now they just lost Zach Moss for an indefinite amount of time with a broken arm. Because of that, could this potentially lead to them having to actually give Jonathan Taylor the contract that they've been holding out on, even though they don't want to give him the contract because of exactly what happened to Zach Moss, the potential for injury at the position? What a wild situation for the Indianapolis Colts to be in. No, it really is. And I mean, I think if you're Jim Ursay at this standpoint, you just have to feel like the universe is against you to to yeah. this extent. And you're, and you're probably sitting there going, I don't know why I did deserve this. Like I helped get Dan Snyder out of the NFL. Why do I get treated uh, like I this know. in return? Um, and thank so, you, Jim. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thanks. We, we, we appreciate Jonathan Taylor may not appreciate you, but we appreciate you at least for your role uh, in that whole thing. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because that dynamic is is very, very obvious here. Like, Zach Moss getting injured and then you look across the NFL there's running backs getting injured already like across the league really and and other players as well but running backs are once again you know just falling uh you know mm -hmm. by the day almost that's one of the reasons teams don't like paying running backs because it's an investment that you don't actually know if you're going to get the return on but then running backs say well right we get injured a lot we want some security so that <laughs> right. if we get yes. injured like so it's, it's weird because like Zach Moss getting injured, like, you know, and again, Zach Moss is a human being, all the empathy in the world significantly, 100%. you know, seriously hope that he recovers fully. But it's almost weird because, like, Zach Moss gets injured and basically both sides of this argument go, see, that's what yeah. we're talking right. about. And, like, right. as evidence to, to support their theory. And it's just, but it just shows you the complicated uh, relationship between running backs in the game of football today. Yeah, and I think, like, let's look at the rest of the running back room for the Indianapolis Colts because the one word that I would sum the rest of the running back room for the team up with is the word uninspiring. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Xavier Scott, rookie coming out of Maine. Uh, Deion Jackson, third-year guy out of Duke. Evan Hull, rookie coming out of Northwestern. Jake Funk, who was here in New Orleans for a little while on the practice squad, uh, a couple years in out of Maryland. Uh, maybe Sam Ellinger could be a fullback for you, but outside of that, you got Jonathan Taylor. And so you're going to have to get some kind of a deal done here to get the guy out on the field so you don't have to deal with the holdout, so you don't have to deal with the idea of trading him, which, let's just face it, that's not going to happen. They would sooner have him sit for the rest of the season than trade him for for peanuts, Um, especially with the rest of this running back room. And it's not like there's uh, a big-time market out there of – you know, free agent available running backs that can that can help you out. Maybe this is a Dalvin Cook hurry up and call before he signs with the Jets or the Dolphins or something like that. But yeah. uh, outside of that, like there's not really much saving grace here outside of getting the contract with Jonathan Taylor done. But I understand the Colts hesitancy doing it. But man, doesn't it feel like they're kind of out of options here? Oh, they're definitely out of options. Yeah, they 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 are they are they've got their back against the wall. Like this is not a good situation for the Colts as an organization when you're talking about the front office and and you know like you mentioned Dalvin Cook. I mean, I guess Cream Hunt, right? But like oh, Cream Hunt, Cream yeah, Hunt. Sure. I mean, they just moved Naheem Hines, who also is injured. Uh, Zach Moss is a different type of running back. So does that really fit what they're trying to do with the running back group? I don't know. If Cream really fits that. Ezekiel Elliott, like he's going to want money. It, it appears that he also wants at least a crack at being a number one back, which he's not going to be with JT in town. So, I mean, you know, there are some names out there, like you just, we just kind of mentioned, but like those names, as weird as it sounds, like they're really not much better options than what they've already got, you know, sitting in front of them. And and no matter what you do, all of it comes back to you have to bring back Jonathan Taylor. And the way that these running backs are talking, like, you know, they're not unionized. And, the, you know, I don't think there's going to be like a position group union. Like I don't think you'll ever right. see the day where there's a running back players association but like they're having zoom calls together and they're talking about like the future of the group not just the individual uh, and even some you know some players we asked uh, Washington Commanders running backs Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson if they participated in the zoom and they didn't participate in the zoom but they did say like we're paying attention and we know what's happening out there we're, we're keeping mm-hmm. track of what's going on like these guys are uniting a little bit so like the thought process that Ezekiel Elliott would be a catalyst for the Colts to kind of stick it to Jonathan Taylor a little bit more Probably not going to happen. Same thing goes with Kareem Hunt. Same thing goes with Dalvin Cook. Like, even if you go to one of these guys with a thought process of, well, we'll just pay him a little bit more than we wanted to, but still less than JT. And then JT will have to come back anyway. Like, that guy is not going to want to be, at least I, I would be very surprised if any of those guys would be willing to be used as a pawn that way. It's like crossing the picket line, right? Like it's kind of like yeah. you'd be a, you'd almost be looked at as a scab in a way by other running yeah. backs if you're that player. And how just absolutely ridiculous would it be, would it be, in a hypothetical world in which the Indianapolis Colts turn to Ezekiel Elliott in this situation, in the hypothetical world, where Ezekiel Elliott is one of the catalysts for why running backs are or one of the one of the the you know the billboard material for why right. why running backs aren't getting paid around the NFL. People go look what happened with Ezekiel Elliott when he got his contract. Look what happened when Todd Gurley got his contract. Like, do you think they're really going to turn to Zeke? I don't. I don't think so. So I agree with you there. And the other thing too is like I get it. Like I I kind of get it from the Colts standpoint. You have a brand new quarterback in town. You have a yeah. brand new head coach in town. You don't even know what your offense is going to look like in four years. You don't really know what your offense is going to look like in twenty twenty three. Let alone right. saying yeah, Jonathan Taylor is a part of our long-term plan you probably don't know that right now if you're Jim Mersey and so I don't know I I I I get it I really understand but I mean gosh like we said hey the Indianapolis culture just simply running out of options and so we'll see 
we'll see how it all goes along. But uh, to to echo your point there, David, uh, every bit of like good health and positivity hopes to uh, Zach Moss because uh, right. he was looking at getting a new opportunity, uh, you know, away from Buffalo, and now you know he's got to deal with this. But a speedy recovery. Hopefully, he gets to get back out on the field at some point uh, here in the near future. Um, Absolutely. Coming up. Yep. Coming up next, David and I are going to take a look at some of the offenses that might surprise in 2023. And you're not going to believe some of our selections. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Our friends over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you the absolute best fantasy football advice every week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for the draft or you're scouring the waiver wire trying to find that next pickup, we're going to provide you with the players that can be an absolute guaranteed fit for your roster. So with draft prep underway for this year's fantasy football leagues, let's see who Vinny has chosen for us as our eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. Are you looking for one of those elite running backs for your fantasy garage after uh, the top half dozen options have come off the lot? Well, you can find yourself a sleek ride in Tony Pollard. Now the unquestioned feature back in the Dallas Cowboys offense after a breakout 2022 season without the aforementioned Ezekiel Elliott, we were just talking about Pollard speed, acceleration, and more will allow him to dominate key touches in a strong rushing attack in Dallas. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football leagues. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is all about players being the perfect fit. And the same goes with your vehicle with eBay's guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride is running smoothly. Whether you need air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they're going to make sure that they have it that's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and no more worrying about sweating when your ride just needs a little bit of fixing up because now you'll be able to know that you're always set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything you need for your vehicle is just a click away. For all the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, find the right parts, the right fit, all at the right prices when it comes to ebaymotors.com. Let's Ride eBay's guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. Appreciate all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. David, let's take a look at some of the offenses that might surprise in 2023. You and I have gone to the drawing board. We've run our formulas. We've tested the beakers. We've mixed up all our chemicals, and we've come out of the other end here with three teams each. We'll highlight one apiece. So who are the three teams, and who would you like to highlight on your list for 2023? Yeah, so the, the so the three teams that I've got on my list of offenses in 2023 that could surprise people where they're considering or where they're predicting they're going to finish are the Denver Broncos offense, which I think is a little bit de depends on how what you think of Sean Payton. I think a lot of people sure. that's going to depend on what you think of Sean Payton. If you love Sean Payton, then maybe you wouldn't be so surprised. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Denver Broncos offense. Uh, the Detroit Lions are another one, and that's one that I, I really do enjoy talking about the Detroit Lions. But I'm going to talk about the Chicago Bears. 
because, I, well, I mean, some of it's a little petty. My locked on Bucks co host, James Jarko, absolutely despises the Ohio State Buckeyes and absolutely <laughs> believes that Justin Fields is a bust in the making. Look, Justin Fields, all right, I've, I've only watched Justin Fields in person play football one time. That was Thursday night last year, Washington Commanders in Chicago. It was a disgusting game, an ugly game. But I will be honest with you. There were throws that Justin Fields made, and there were plays that Justin Fields made that when you look at those throws and those plays and you say, you can you can say that is an NFL quarterback with potential, mm-hmm. right? Not he's not there yet, but he's an NFL quarterback that certainly has potential. And you know, if if anybody remembers watching that game, I know Thursday night has, has fallen off and that game specifically was not that great, but you know, they're basically an inch away from winning that game, actually, if the ball placement is a little bit deeper in the end zone then the Chicago Bears potentially escape with a victory in that game. And that's one of the things that people look at with Justin Fields and say, you know, a competent NFL quarterback knows push that ball a little bit more into the end zone. Don't leave it shallow so that the defender can come up and make the play. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But I look at Tua Tagovailoa, right? And Tua Tagovailoa, I think I would say that Tua probably had more hype around him coming out of college than Justin Fields did. But when you look at the two quarterbacks, and, I, you know, with Tua, I think injury has, has played more of a role. It wasn't until the team went out and put some weapons around him. We always look at first round quarterbacks. We want them to be this like franchise changing. I'm going to carry all of you to the to the Super Bowl type of guy. But that's just not the case. More times than not, more times mm-hmm. than not, you've got a talented dude who needs some help. Tua Tagovailoa, talented dude who needed some help. You you saw them put weapons around him and things got better. Justin Fields. Now you got DJ Moore. Chase Claypool, I am still not ready to say that Chase Claypool is not going to become what we thought Chase Claypool could become. Darnell Mooney, the second best St. Brown brother in the NFL is there. (laughs) You've got some good pieces around him, and hopefully you've got an offense that's going to let Justin accentuate his athleticism uh, uh, as part of the scheme and not part of the emergency plan, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can do all of these things, this is a quarterback, Justin Fields, who is the second-ranked quarterback in the last 10 years. In his second year, hopefully you can track all that, in all-purpose yards outside of passing. So this is a super athletic quarterback that can do a lot of damage outside of his arm, but now he's got better weapons around him and a more experience to lean on to use that arm as well. And I think this could be a year we see Justin take another step towards being a franchise-leading quarterback. That's excellent. I I love that selection. Uh, And I love the Chicago Bears. I really do. And I I think that the Chicago Bears are one of those teams where the NFL is better when they're better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. just haven't seen them be better in a long, long time. You know, they had a couple of playoff appearances here recently or not not, not too far the distant past, but not recent yeah. enough. Uh, but the other thing that I really like about that, just to add in, is uh, I, I consider quarterbacks who can run higher floor quarterbacks. I don't mm-hmm. consider the pocket passers higher floor quarterbacks. And maybe that's just like, you know, maybe that's a little bit of fantasy football it's bleeding into my like reality of football but i do think that there is something about that right like we talk about mm-hmm. all of it, it in fact the the guys that i'm going to choose here in a little while like the quarterback has kind of both of those elements there's a, a very good passer but can also pick up uh, yards with the legs and so if you can get to a point to where justin fields becomes a quarterback who can run as opposed to a runner who can pass which some of that right. comes down to offensive line protection the need to bail out where the pressure is coming from all these other things having the good pass catching options which i think dj moore 
night and day for that wide receiver core all of a sudden over there. And so I'm a big fan of what the Chicago Bears could potentially be here in 2023. I'm a little bit more excited about what they can be in 2024 with all that draft capital that they have now. But I am super, super, super interested in what they could potentially turn into uh, here in 2023. So I I back you on that a lot. I think it's a a bold move, Cotton, but I think it'll work out for you. Uh, (laughs) Plus, they have Darnell Wright, the right tackle, who passed the wide receiver conditioning test. That's right. So if you need an eligible (laughs) lineman, Darnell Wright is your guy. You know what I mean? Like, talk about versatility. Yeah, that's our upcoming big man touchdown on the in the red zone this year for sure. Um, all right, here's my three teams. So I I'm looking at, and I'm not just doing this because you're on the show, okay, David. So don't don't get a big head about it. Uh, but I got the Washington Commanders on my list. Uh, I've also got the Pittsburgh Steelers on my list. But at the top of my list, and the team that I want to highlight here, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe they're not one to where there's a lot of people that would be surprised by it. But I think the AFC South is so bad. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, maybe people are a little bit excited about them now that they've got DeAndre Hopkins at the building. Will Levis threw five touchdowns in practice. Oh my goodness. So there's like all these other things, but I still look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, as well as Travis Etienne. Now they have Tank Bigsby back there in that, in that backfield as well. Love that guy. They added Evan or they, they, they extended Evan Ingram. They have him back in the building and then these wide receivers. I mean, goodness gracious. First of all, they have a litany of wide receivers just in camp right now, but having Christian Kirk going and also having a guy like Jamal Agnew who can do a lot for you. Zay Jones, I'm still a big believer in so on and so forth. So I do think that this Jacksonville Jaguars offense has a real potential to potentially be a top offense in the NFL. And Oh, by the way, Calvin Ridley's back. And I think for me, like, my goodness, Calvin, oh my, oh man, like Luke and I were just talking about Calvin Ridley a couple weekends ago or a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm such a big believer in who Calvin Ridley is because you and I have seen it up close and personal when he played for the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Falcons didn't use him to the best of his ability. They used him like a kind of a supplemental piece because Julio Jones was on the roster at the time, which Mm -hmm. who can blame them? They had Julio Jones on the roster at the time. Julio Jones will always be your featured wide receiver in his prime, but Calvin Ridley rocking number zero in Duval County with Trevor Lawrence throwing on the ball and Christian Kirk on the opposite side, providing a legitimate threat and then having a good run game to where the play action will work and all these other things. And and Uh, we can get into all the nerdy things about like this. Do you need the run game to work for play action work and everything like that? But it certainly helps. It certainly helps. And Evan Ingram who can do a whole bunch for you. I not only do I think that, um, that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars could be a top offense, a surprise top offense in the NFL. I think that like if you're a fantasy football player, and I know Vinny Iyer over at Lockdown Fantasy Football as well as Michelle Majuk over there both agree that Trevor Lawrence could be like QB1 this season right. from a fantasy football perspective because of all of these weapons. And I know fantasy football is that what you want to use to project success. But hey, when it comes to offensive production, that's right. a spot. That's a spot for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're if your fantasy quarterback is a legit QB one, so you're talking QB twelve or better, and typically mm-hmm. you want them like QB nine ten range, um, that means your offense is is doing some good things. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like you know, fantasy points can be it can obviously skew a little bit, but I think by and large your your top twelve quarterbacks in fantasy are most likely challenging for or playing in the postseason uh, more years than not. How about Christian Kirk? Can we can we give Christian Kirk? A little His flowers, pre, man. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like we haven't hit Yike and Like yet, but like this dude was 
the the worst free agent signing ever like 15 months ago and now here here we are talking about him being a reason why the Jags offense is going to be is is being slept on and then to to jump on your commanders thing uh Cameron Curl Washington Commander safety was asked on a podcast during the offseason who the toughest receiver he's ever covered is Calvin Ridley Calvin Ridley didn't even hesitate Calvin Ridley Gotta was be. the immediately so yeah that's that's massive for the jacksonville yeah. jaguars yeah and now you give calvin ridley to trevor lawrence and and doug peterson and that's awesome that's awesome i'm so excited to see the jacksonville jaguars this year and shout out to our friend uh over across the FanDuel way uh k adams who like lit up all the christian kirk haters after the season because <laughs> yeah that that contract yeah. wasn't great well but the yeah, but the production that he put together shows you that he absolutely deserved the contract that he got. Coming up next, let's get to Yike and Like, including the return to the field for DeMar Hamlin in padded practices. And also, I'm going to tell everybody why Sean Payton's right. And I don't care. I'm going to tell you why he's right. We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown NFL, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on NFL. It's Yike and Like. It's a Tuesday after all, so we're here to get it all laid out for you. We pick one thing that we like from the week. We pick one thing that we didn't like from the week, and we bring it to you. Um, David, let's start off on the positive side here. My like for this week, I, I technically have two because I want to acknowledge one, but I want to explain another. So the one that I want to acknowledge is that DeMar Hamlin not only made his return to practice this offseason, but this week and on Monday participated in padded practices, which is a whole other, as you know, you're excited because the commanders kick off their uh, padded practices today. Uh, the yep. Saints kicked theirs off yesterday. I got to watch that Jimmy Graham trucking a defensive back at 36 years old. You got to love it. You got to love it. Um, uh, but that's it for all the old guys out there. That's it. That's it. But that physicality that you that 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 you bring to that level, I, I think is great. But you know, you you do take a little bit more contact and these guys get a little bit chippier and all these other things. And so what a big sort of threshold, I guess, for uh Damar Hamlin to cross, considering yeah. everything that took took place during, of course, that that world known, known around the world, uh Bengals and and, and Bills game. What a cool moment for Damar. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I don't, you know, I don't think we should undershadow. That's not really a thing. Right. But I don't think we should like just gloss over like the stuff that followed after it. You know what I mean? Right. As, of he's, course. as he's healing and there were some conspiracies and there were some rumors and like, you know, and it, it's how our society works today. Everybody's connected. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, things kind of go haywire sometimes. Like I think sometimes people forget like these are human beings. You know what I mean? Like this is a dude. So like when all this stuff is happening, like it's, it's in his world now. And, and so you have all of these kind of things just kind of swirling around, and this is a step towards regular life again. This is a step yeah. towards getting back to where we were before. And you know, eventually that's what needs to happen, right? Like that, you know, the the recognition is amazing, especially for the team that helped save them and 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 his uh, his opportunity to thank them in such a public way during the ESPYS and all. Like that's all amazing yeah. and great. But eventually, for Demar himself, for his family, and for everybody, like life needs to get back to a normal. Uh, pace again and and once he gets to where life is just normal again that's really going to be when it's okay now we're moving forward you know what i mean yeah. so uh yeah. it, it's great for him you know what i mean and, and again just getting to witness kind of what these guys go through 
to you know, and, and some people have criticized it's been like nobody knew who Demar Hamlin was before this happened. Well, let me let me explain something to you. The guys you don't know on the roster are still supremely athletic yeah. and driven and work harder than most people do their entire careers to be unknown on an NFL roster. So, you know, Fact. let's let's not discount the work that goes into that. So yeah, incredibly happy for Demar. Uh, to be able to continue his career and, and get back there on the field where he wants to be. 100%. Um, like a good podcaster, David, I have found a way in my brain to consolidate the second part of my like with my yike. So we'll come back to that. What was your your like for this week? So my like, I think I have to give my yike first in order oh, to Oh, yeah, yeah, because yours are connected too, like. like a good podcaster. Right. We're killing so it. So mine are connected, and I will, <laughs> I will take the low-hanging fruit blasting you know in the comments if i need to because this is a washington commander's thing and of course that's in my backyard so it's easy for me to find but recently uh you know obviously training camp opened up well recently you know training camp brings a lot of media out there and, and ross you know this from covering the saints more media shows up for the first like two days of of training camp that shows up the entire rest <laughs> of the season well there was there was there was a media entity uh at training camp recently for washington commander's training camp that is actually a partner of the Washington Commanders organization in that mm. in that media broadcasting uh, atmosphere, and one of their radio hosts uh, de- decided to take it upon themselves to make some disparaging comments about a female reporter uh, that was there at training camp for her media outlet, separate media outlets. And this mm-hmm. reporter is well known; she's been on the beat longer than than most of the people that are on the beat. So there's like, let's make no mistake; like, there's there's 100 knowledge of who this person is. Uh, referred to her as Barbie, said maybe she's a cheerleader things like this and especially oh, like in gosh. this day and age and you know it, this is and and not that it's any better if it was but this isn't even a hot mic situation this is literally live on the air i'm intentionally saying these things to a listening oh, public gross. Uh, in this day and age about a professional and right honestly about a professional who's there more than you ever are and like <laughs> it's not even close like to be like it's not even close you know what i mean like and has a presence in that organization uh even though your entity is is a partner um well, so that's the yike, right? Mm-hmm. The like is that not even 12 hours later, the Washington Commanders banned that radio show from ever coming back on the premises ever. And as a result, uh, I mean, listen, if you're a sports radio host and you can't go to the place where you got to talk about the team recovering, it's kind of hard to do your job. So now Tough. that person's going to have to go find a new job. You know what I mean? And wow. to me, that shows the culture change going on with the Washington Commanders again. I think it's important to, to remember this is a partner. This is a part right. a business partnership with this entity and the Washington commanders. So for the Washington commanders, new ownership to take swift action, even though this is a relationship with a business partner, to me, it shows a very clear signal of, look, this is who we are. The, what we aren't is what happened in the past. What we are is doing the right thing moving forward. And you can do with that what you will, but this is what we're going to do because that's who we stand or that's what we stand for. And all of us, I mean, we've already done it, but on Locked on NFL, I will also do it. We applauded uh, them for making that decision and and backing up that, that beat reporter. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that is a big shift for the culture. Dan Snyder probably would have invited him out to dinner or something, oh, treated him to, you know, put him up for a week or whatever and uh, threw him some parties. And uh, so this is great. That's a, that's a really good observation, David, is that like, not only did that team change ownership, but it's clearly changing culture and changing tune, which I think is a positive. And uh, dare I say we're happier than Jim Irsay when it comes to it. Um, all right, so I'll wrap up with my yike. So my yike is really looking at, and this isn't a yike of like judgment. This is a yike of like, oh man, this stinks. Um, 
it is looking at the the, the Denver Broncos. So um, KJ Hamler uh, announcing that you know they discovered a, a, a heart issue that he has. I believe it was pericarditis, if I remember correctly. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get the note up in time. Uh, but because of that, he's going to be moved on from by Denver. They're kind of raving him with a non-football injury designation, uh, which basically kind of kind of stinks. Like with a non-football injury designation, you don't really have to pay the player, but you can negotiate right. something. So you know that that would happen behind closed doors. That's okay. That's away from it. But it just stinks that that's happening with KJ. Uh, but it seems like he's only going to be away from the game of football for a couple weeks, as opposed to months. And uh, according to some reports from, you know, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network and all. Uh, but hopefully that means that he gets to land on his feet somewhere and and with another offense and then get another opportunity because he's such a supremely talented player. Uh, and for mm-hmm. any teams that are out there looking for a really good slot wide receiver, I mean, that's that's one of your one of your top talent guys that could be out all of a sudden on the market. But the, the wide receiver issue compounds for them because Tim Patrick their wide receiver who has worked so hard to return from a season ending injury last year, uh, feared to have a ruptured Achilles and therefore ending his season yeah. again. Uh, at the time that we're recording this, we don't have final word about what it is, but that is, that is the clear indication of what the expectation is from the organization. I found as many Asians I could say there. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Tim Patrick could potentially be missing another year, which stinks. But that is only a part of what's going on with the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, of course, uh, coming out and just really leaning into Nathaniel Hackett and and going in on Nathaniel Hackett and the, uh, quote-unquote, one of the worst NFL coaching jobs ever uh, that he had with the Denver Broncos last year. And, David, I have to say, man, as much flack as Sean Payton is getting for this, and my yike around this is that he's getting flack because Sean's right, dude. Like, I'm sorry, but that was a horrible coaching job by Nathaniel Hackett. I don't care what Aaron Rodgers has to say about Sean Payton, you know, being insecure. I know Sean Payton. He is far from, he is anything but insecure. (laughs) Yeah. Sean, Sean Payton could get cast to play Barbie in the Barbie sequel and will not be insecure about what he is doing for his job. Like, would slay yeah. it. That was not would insecurity. Slay it. <laughs> so um, I, yeah. I love, I love Sean doing this, and I also love that this is kind of him responding to Nathaniel Hackett, who basically said, "Hey, look, nothing that went wrong in Denver was my fault," and effectively yeah. putting it on the players. This is Sean, which I don't think a lot of people are acknowledging. This is Sean saying, "I got my guys back," and Russell Wilson, right. which I think is a good, good statement for him to make. But like you, you and I have covered either Sean Payton or around Sean Payton for long enough to be anything but surprised about this no no i mean when the comment came out like well well, when i first heard that oh sean payton said something crazy about nathaniel hackett i just kind of laughed because i was like oh this is going to be good like it's sean payton you know what i mean like and we were talking pre-recording i basically just said like this is the afc's introduction to sean payton being a coach in your conference like this is this is sean payton whether it's actual verbal you know i'm going to call you out or i'm going to say this about you or just something he does in the game trust me Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, you are about to find out that Sean Payton is going to come at you in whatever petty angle he can. It might be a timeout that is just going to – it has no impact on the game, but it just really annoys you. Like It just really bothers you that he called a timeout right there when he did or a play call that's ridiculous for the situation and it's just like, really, bro? Really? Like The only line he's not going to cross is a bounty gate because we've already been there, done that. We don't need to go back to that. But – yeah. Yeah, this I mean, this is just Sean Payton, man. And and honestly, this is football. Like, this is football. I don't yep. I don't know. To to me, 
he didn't threaten your family. He didn't insult your family. He didn't insult your manhood or your intelligence or, or anything like that. Like he said, you're a lesser coach than I am, or that, you know, some of my buddies are. And at the and end of the day, right. that's what this business is about. That, that too. But also, that's also what this business is about. I guess what, at the end of the day, there's one head coach holding a Lombardi trophy. The rest of you suck. That's it. Like that's the rest it. of you are lesser. You know yep. what I mean? So that's what this business is about. So it's, it's just, to me, it's, it's weird to get bent out of shape about it. And then the whole campaign from New York of we don't care. We don't care. We don't care what Sean said. 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 Look how much we don't care, guys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come the on. more you say it, the more I believe it. The more you say the it, Jets the more even I play the Broncos this year. They like, do. Like, I think it's like week five in Denver. So, you know, Sean, then. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I want Sean Payton to call all through, like, first down, call a timeout. Second down, call a timeout. Third down, call a timeout. They just play the entire rest of the first half with no timeouts just because. <laughs> just because. Just like, because he can. Just to be annoying. You know what I, I mean? Love it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, the way that I look at it is that there's 32 head coaching positions in the entire world when it comes to the NFL. Sean Payton has one. Nathaniel Hackett does not. That's the way that it looks. Tomorrow, Tony and James are going to be here with you. Tony Wiggins and James Rapine answering the biggest, spiciest questions heading into the NFL 2023 season, one week out of training camp. Uh, David, it has been an absolute pleasure, buddy. Thank you so much for joining the show. You can find more That's from good. David on social media at dharrison82, more from me on uh, social media at Rosh Jackson. Nola, we appreciate you very much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. All you everyday is out there here on Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.